How's the sequel going? Sequel sucks. Bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. I'll be back. Why won't you die? Prime, you can't die. Can reboot, damn it. Reboot complete. Thank you very much. Movies. Never say die. Welcome to Movies Never Say Die, a podcast with a singular focus, movies that are reboots, reimaginings, or sequels to other films. I'm Justin St. Ange. And I'm Matthew Grant. This is episode number 13, lucky number 13, and we're doing things a little bit differently on this episode. Uh, As you may or may not know, depending on (laughs) whether you're subscribed or have been listening regularly, it's been a bit of an unintentional hiatus between this episode and episode 12. I guess it was a delicate combination of vacations and holidays and illness, That's and right. it's it's kind of, it's it's been a while. So uh, we figured we mix things up a little bit since we've got kind of a massive backlog of pipeline topics, and the pipelines tend to run a little longer than we intended anyway. That we just kind of do a post hiatus pipeline catch-up take a look at things that are coming up in the next few months or in the next year or so and resume our regular format for the next episode when the pipeline is not quite so unwieldy and full of pipeliney goodness i guess (laughs) (laughs) what's been going on with you justin what uh what's happened in your life that has contributed to our epic hiatus well, right, so our last episode, uh, where did we post that? In uh, early November or something like that, right? And it's yep. currently... Last year. February, right? <laughs> well, it's a new year now, Matt, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to our listeners. This episode is also in, in <laughs> dedicated to one listener that we know that wants us to shorten our pipeline, so here's a whole pipeline episode for you. <laughs> So it kind of went the other way. We lengthened the pipeline, but shortened and eliminated the main topic for this episode. <laughs> eliminated <laughs> our, Thanks, Sarah. Our half of our idea of the entire podcast. But uh, but yeah, you know, there was the holidays and uh, I was out of town uh, visiting family for a couple of weeks around New Year's. And then, uh, well, I think the timeline was you got sick and then... Correct. <laughs> I got sick a little bit while you were you were getting healthy, and so uh, and so we, here we are. Uh, what three months later? Like I said, it was a weird combination: illness, the holidays. I work for FedEx in the morning part time, and so the holiday. I just December is just a blur. I also travel a little bit doing a show during December, and so we usually record <laughs> during when my rehearsals ended up being. And so, uh, but you know, you know what I thought was interesting is because I'm a weirdo obsessive, as I do periodically check the downloads and I get notifications on Facebook and people have still been downloading our shows and finding it during the hiatus. And so to those of you who found the show, while we haven't been recording anything new, welcome. We hope you've enjoyed what you heard and that you stick around. Those of you that are popping onto our Facebook page, hopefully you'll see a little bit more activity in the coming months. But I thought that was pretty cool that we didn't have anything new going up for people and there were still people out there in random parts of the U.S. finding us. And and that's kind of, I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty nice. It's, it's, thank you for not letting our numbers drop to zero during our <laughs> hiatus. <laughs> not that our numbers are lofty high numbers, but uh, you know, anything is better than zero. I'll take I'll take not a zero. Absolutely. Hopefully, we we can uh, keep some of those uh, new listeners that found us while we were away. <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be pretty cool. 
And we are, uh, you know, in an effort to keep up to date and whatever. We are recording this on the, it's no longer in the morning, but the afternoon of the Oscars. So that's ne- correct. next episode, uh, you know, we'll probably be delving into that and uh, whatever reboot. Uh, I'm trying to think, besides the Joker, what what really falls into our wheelhouse at this year's Oscars. I don't know. I think is it, is it one of those weird years where there's actually a whole bunch of original content? That would be kind of odd. I think, I think I mean, last year, outside of the main categories, yeah, I don't know. Well, last year I think the la- the big one last year was A Star Is Born. Was that the big one from last year? Was uh, that two years? I think it was last year. As far as a reboot, yeah, and and uh, into the Spider Verse, of course. That's right. And I guess I mean, like you look at some of the smaller categories, like Best Original Score. You've got Star Wars in there, and so that sort of thing, but. Uh, yeah, that's a weird one because didn't he, I mean I'm sure he wrote new stuff for that one, but Star Wars is so 40 much of years it is old. just yeah a significant amount of that music is all written already and they just kind of add new themes to it. Nothing against John Williams, fantastic score, always worthy, but it's it's, it's kind of been out there for a while. So yeah, <laughs> look at I us. Think there we're... was a big snub in that category that maybe I'll I'll save until our our Oscar episode, but uh, I'll say it right now. I think Endgame should have uh, should have been nominated for best score. I think that was some pretty phenomenal music. It definitely added to the emotional weight of the film. And, uh, you know, did, did it actually kind of similar to Star Wars, utilized a lot of previous themes while adding a lot of new stuff to the mix. So, yeah, I definitely, I would definitely agree that that was a, that was a snub. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I guess also the animated features are always kind of, Toy Story 4, right, will be, it was nominated this oh, year. Oh, that's so, true, yeah. So, sequels and reboots and animated for sure. But we'll delve a little bit more into that for our next episode. But until then, here's a look at official announcements, rumors, and hearsay for upcoming reboots in our, well, it's usually our opening segment, but it's our main segment this episode in the pipeline. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. Pipeline. Pipeline. <laughs> All right, so let's keep things weird, mixing things up a little bit. I guess we, I, the best, I guess the best way to take a look at this is there's kind of an even split between stuff that's just been announced and stuff we don't necessarily have a whole bunch of information about with stuff that we've gotten trailers for a lot of news about pretty exciting they're coming up soon so uh an an announcement that actually came out while we were on hiatus but they just released a little bit more news about it was clerks three kevin smith popped on to social media after confirming he was moving forward with clerks three got jeff anderson and brian o'halloran set to reprise the roles of randall and dante and he is saying that this movie will conclude the saga (laughs) Everything's a saga. We've certainly certainly heard that before. Um, But he came out a couple days ago just kind of clarifying stuff, saying that the story was inspired by his own experience of having a heart attack. And I guess that it's going to revolve around Randall recovering from a heart attack of his own. I'm reading this on geektyrant.com. He said that uh, Randall has a heart attack, decides that he's come close to death and his life has meant nothing. There's nobody to memorialize him. He has no family, anything like that. So in the recovery, while under fentanyl, he comes to the conclusion at midlife, having almost died, having worked in a movie store his whole life and watched other people's movies, he tells Dante, I think we need to make a movie. So Dante and Randall make clerks. 
And that's the story <laughs> of Clerks 3. So that's it. That just news just came out a couple days ago. And uh, how, how do you feel about the kind of meta element of what we're going to see from Clerks 3 in the coming months? Or, or you mean from all of the movies that he's been doing lately? I mean, we talked about <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob previously, which was... That's true, the reboot. Like That's right. Double yeah. meta, and then, uh, yeah. Which I haven't seen, though. Have you seen the... Uh... I haven't seen the reboot. I was just talking about it with somebody at work that I really didn't have any interest in it because I thought the Jane Silent Bob Strike Back movie was fine, but it's not something I revisited necessarily. I mean, I've watched his original stuff, Clerks and Chasing Amy and all that multiple times, but I never went back to Jay and Silent Bob. But then I saw the trailer to the Jane Silent Bob reboot, and it looked absolutely hilarious and off the wall and kind of like his older stuff and so but I just never got around to it but certainly I mean just from the trailer it certainly seems like an inception level of self-referential <laughs> humor and, and plot lines and stuff so yeah I think you know it's that's a good point you <laughs> you're right that it, that's kind of been his output lately is to look deeper within his own stuff and his own self and yeah but the the part about involving his own uh, health issues and and putting that into it is it it might give it uh, a little more weight, perhaps, than uh, a, more, a different feel for sure than uh, something like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always up to watch one of his movies. I had when, when was the Clerks Two? Was what 2006 or something like that? So we're also in this weird age where all these sequels are coming out like decades after the even the second sequel from the the first couple of movies that came out. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, there you know a couple of things that we're looking at today have that sort of situation going on where the most recent sequel was you know ten or more years ago, and or you know a continuation like the James Bond movies that it's been going on for decades. It seems to be the thing lately where it's you know looking back at properties that have dormant, people thought they were done, and a bit of the nostalgia factor there, and you know looking at mortality as you said, giving a little bit more weight to the proceedings. And so yeah, I'm I'm certainly on board for it. Be it'd be interesting to see his take on it because you know I mean, he was very sincere and he was very emotional when everything with his heart attack went down but i can also see him presenting in a way that only kevin smith could definitely give it a shot so what's next and like we were just talking about as far as sequels to franchises that are super old just being announced we got an announcement that we will be getting a lethal weapon five coming back to the uh the exploits of martin riggs and roger murtaugh from what was the last movie 1998 this is even a bigger gap here than uh, than clerks um and that was their fourth movie so we're going five 22 years later or whenever uh whenever the uh release date will be for more than 22 years later what, what did you when you heard this news what what did you think Part of me is kind of trained to not be surprised at anything anymore, but that's that's just one of those franchises which kind of finished up with a nice little bow on it. And in the first movie, you've got Roger Murtaugh saying he's too old for this shit, and now four films... Shit is saying, I'm too old for these two. <laughs> that would be great. I could just see his agent calling him, and it's the first thing he says, but you know. Who was it? Dan Lin, I guess he produced the TV series, which is interesting. He produced the Lethal Weapon TV series that was on Fox from 2016 to 2019. And so he is kind of technically involved in the world of Lethal Weapon, but not in the original. And so, right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I always liked the Lethal Weapon movies. I never felt like 
there was something unresolved that I wanted to see more of. And so I don't know. I'd watch it, but I'd not super excited about it. It's one of those things where it's kind of like when the, the, the last Indiana Jones movie came out where the first three were a pretty solid trilogy. It ended on a high note. And then you heard about this fourth one coming out. The entire creative team is back. The entire, or, you know, significant number of the performing cast that was, that's still alive or, you know, Sean Connery's retired, obviously. But you know, you're pretty excited about it. And then you watch it and it's just kind of like, eh. You know, but are they really adding to the legacy? Are they really saying something new with these stories? And, you know, Crystal Skull was, I mean, it was fine. But I've, I, again, that's another one of those that I haven't watched a single time since the first time I saw it. And I don't know. I don't think we need another lethal weapon. But what do you think? <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed the first run of lethal weapon movies, of course. But yeah, I. This will be one of those things where, you know, I say I, I have no interest and then they'll have a trailer that's fantastic, of course, because the, you know, Richard Donner is also coming back to direct, I think. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, too. Um, no yeah, word yet on, stuff. you know, Joe Pesci or, you know, Rene Russo. But, that's why I need uh, to I need to hear about Getz. Getz will get me on board. <laughs> but, did you watch um, the TV series? Did you see any of the TV series? Or uh, I did not. I have not. They also had a problem too. The only thing I remember is that from one like one season to the next, like one of the main characters got fired and they replaced yeah. the actor um, playing Sean Riggs, William Scott, or something yeah. like that. Yep, yeah, that's the only thing I really heard about was. I mean, I guess people liked it. It was on for a few years, but the most I heard about right. it was when that blow up happened, and that's that's about all I know. <laughs> and, and nothing, so, nothing so I saw from it really made it interesting for me to watch. On all the problems they had, they thought, you know what? Let's make a movie too. Another movie, <laughs> but. Uh... That's true, because, you know, Mel Gibson's has never been uh, embroiled in any kind of scandal or anything, you know? No, no, at least not in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's um, been years since that happened. No, people have forgotten. But I, I really thought the fourth one, like you said, I think wrapped up the story well. Uh, both families, right, had a new baby at the end, I believe. Uh, you know, Chris Rock uh, had a baby with... Chris Rock character <laughs> had a baby with... Uh, <laughs> With Murtaugh's daughter and the you know Riggs and then uh, Randy Russo's character had a baby and they you know they got married and well sort of not officially but got married in the hospital I believe at the end and uh, yeah that seems like they they tied that up pretty nicely so what, what did I say twenty some I mean obviously we're gonna get one of their kids is in the police academy or something you know it's gonna be something like that and so I don't know not necessary I say no <laughs> <laughs> we got a no from Justin. When I was reading up on this, they say that they plan for it to be the finale for the franchise, but you can't tell me if it makes like two hundred million dollars, they're not going to find a way to make a sixth one or something like that. It's just oh yeah, they'll just they'll just follow the kids, and that's they'll just say that that was the handoff, and that's it. Yeah. So what's next? Are you game for more? Once again, going back into some old school movies. Announced by Netflix, Beverly Hills Cop 4 is now back in the mix, and it's a thing. Now, you're talking about the most recent Lethal Weapon movie being a while ago, the most recent Beverly Hills Cop film, 1994. So going back even a little bit further, so it was, what, 84, 87, and 94, and that third one was pretty awful. That was a really bad movie, and so I don't know... I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess Eddie Murphy's kind of had this nice little career renaissance recently. He's getting nominated for awards again. He's kind of come out of a 
his own little semi-retirement or hiatus that he's had going on for a while, and he's making films that aren't garbage films like Pluto Nash and stuff again. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 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 one of those things we've talked about this for years and years and years, and they finally came around to it. I mean, it's what was it John Landis directed that third one? It didn't really make a ton of money, panned by critics, and even Eddie Murphy calls it the weakest film in the trilogy. And I don't know. I mean, unless they have some amazing script. I mean, they talked about, you know, again, looking back at the standard format, they were talking about Axel Foley's kid coming back or coming in and doing something with his father, or I don't even where they've landed right now. But did you think this was necessarily something we needed? I guess they tried to make a TV series based in the films, and that failed. And so I don't, I don't really know why they're going back to it. <laughs> Like you mentioned before, Eddie's having this little renaissance that he hosted SNL. You know, he went to SNL for the first time and since he left oh, that's know, right, 30 yeah. years ago. So, And I have to say, that was a very good episode. That was a hilarious, very well done episode. He was awesome on SNL. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was good to see uh, see him do uh, something like that again and, and, and kill it. Um, <laughs> there are also some flubs to her. Like, he, he had to get uh, bleeped a couple times, which I always find hilarious. That was hilarious. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I was. I mean, I guess it's Eddie Murphy. He's got kind of well-known for being a little abrasive language-wise, but I I mean, even he seemed surprised when he dropped them, so it was it was definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but like you, you know, the, the Beverly Hills Cop 3 really, really a letdown from... Even 2 was very enjoyable, and of course the first one is classic. 3 was so disappointing. Uh, let me look at the numbers here. Budget of $50 million in 1994 for, you know an action comedy not a special effects extravaganza and it didn't quite make like 120 million at the box office i mean i guess it doubled his money but you know those are those are small numbers for a studio so especially with um, eddie murphy i mean eddie murphy was massive at the time too right still i mean that even sounds weird i thought i didn't think it, that the third one was still 94 but uh <laughs> like you mentioned he's been getting a supposedly i haven't seen this him in uh was it dolomite is my name but that's the one that people say he got snubbed for a best oscar award but uh so he's he's on the what was it there's the reconnaissance what, what what can we call the uh eddie murphy uh <laughs> the reconnaissance or something like that so he's <laughs> i'm sure this won't be the last what what else can they bring back 48 hours they'll try and figure out there was already a second one but they'll try and figure out a third one of that one Oh, I'd love to see like a hundred year old Nick Nolte with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, before it's even announced, I'm a hundred percent on board with uh, yet another 48 hours. <laughs> uh, definitely. Someone, someone is looking into that right now. Someone, someone is writing a treatment <laughs> and trying to figure out how we can bring back trading places as well. Oh, I just watched trading places the other day, actually. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's a fun flick. And we are getting coming to America too, so yeah. What else? He did. He didn't die in any of these movies, right? So we can bring them all back. <laughs> <laughs> We've never killed Eddie Murphy in any of his movies. It's true. <laughs> Golden Child. I'd, I'd watch another Golden Child. Uh, that was so good too. Yeah. I want the knife, please. <laughs> well, what next? And in our final part of the announced category that we're going with here on this episode is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, or, you know, a sequel will be 
coming in 2022, I believe. They, they, they really gave the release date no real details about plot or anything else too much. And like I said, the I feel like they'll have a different name than Into the Spider-Verse 2, but it's possible, you never know. But yeah, after the huge success and obviously an Oscar win for animated Best Animated Picture last year, um, Lord and Miller will be coming back to give us another uh, look at the Spider-Verse, which... I was the last person on earth to see, but still loved it just the same as everyone else. <laughs> so pretty high expectations, man. Yes, yes. And I believe I said uh, I wanted to hate it as well because everyone loved it so much. But yeah, no, excellent movie. And I'm, I'm glad they're doing a sequel. And eventually, hopefully, we'll do my uh, my wish list of doing a live action version. <laughs> this is, I, I think this is the third time you've mentioned <laughs> <laughs> We're going. We're getting there. I've never seen you so passionate about a wish list item. I mean, it's a great idea. It's a hundred percent a great idea. Because I totally want to see Nick Cage as Spider Man Noir in in real life. (laughs) And also because I want to I want to beat you to a a wish list item because the Obi Wan, which would have won it for you, is 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 kind of kind of on the rocks a little bit. Not sure. Listen, don't you don't you? But Obi TV. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't really count because it was a TV series. I'll give it to I'm, you though once once it airs. If it airs, I'm getting nervous now. I'm getting real nervous. <laughs> yeah, I think it's exciting. So I assume you're on board with this as well. I am. I'm tremendously excited. I thought the first one was phenomenal. I I love the style that they did. Hopefully, they can keep it up with the same kind of stylistic flow as the first one. The animation style was very cool. The voice performances I thought were spot on. It's tough because part of me is a little bummed because I really did like it as a self-contained film, as kind of this unique thing that was separate from everything else and kind of came as a surprise and unexpected to to be a thing that existed. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And then I was really happy with the way they tied it up. But then on the same token, they perfectly wrapped it up with a couple scenes that had it set up to be, you know, multi-film kind of situation. So it's... I'm far more excited than I am disappointed. I mean, I'm just, you know, sometimes I'm just a geek that sees a movie as this perfectly self-contained thing and I don't want them to make a sequel, but then I hear about them making a sequel and I I get nervous about whether they can live up to the first one. But two years down the line, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, I mean, I assume they started working on it immediately because it takes so many years to do these animated films um, in general. So two years almost seems quick, but we'll find out. I guess the only news that I saw that we'll get in the sequel is that apparently there is a Japanese Spider-Man series that aired for a long time in Japan and that that Spider-Man is also going to be part of the Spider-Verse, which I think is kind of a cool thing. Well, that's kind of interesting that they're expanding it a little bit. That's kind of cool. I agree with you. This one was so impressively groundbreaking in how they made it. Like some of the little things that I read after the fact that I could tell while watching it, but it didn't just like click. So like through the first part of the movie when Miles is kind of like out of sorts and stuff, he was actually presented in, like, a different frame rate than all the other characters. And oh, really? Then eventually, yeah, and then eventually throughout the movie, once he starts realizing his powers and then getting into while well, all the timelines and universes are kind of converging, everyone's in, in the same frame rate at the end of the movie, which I thought kind of, that kind of blew my mind when I read that and, and why it looked the way it did, kind of, which is super cool. You're blowing my mind right now. I had no idea, but that I yeah. think it's one of those things, like you said, it's it's kind of a subtle psychological thing that changes how you view something, but you don't even realize it's happening. That's so clever. Wow, I had no idea. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I assume they can't pull that same trick again unless it's with a different character, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how, what they do with it. All right. Now now I'm just totally in. 100%. There you go. I brought, <laughs> I brought you in. Bastard. God, what's next? So moving away from the world of announcements and theoretical movies into the concrete world of trailers. We've had a bunch of really cool trailers come out in the last couple months since we've been away. One of which, the, I guess, final, I guess is the final run for Daniel Craig as James Bond. The No Time to Die trailer came out. And I have to say, I have to say honestly, I have not seen any of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I've seen most oh, of really? the others. Yeah, I, I, borrowed, <laughs> I borrowed Casino Royale from my brother about 10 years ago, and it's still sitting on my shelf, and I never got around to it. And I didn't want to watch him out of order because one of the things that I find fascinating about Daniel Craig's run as Bond is this seems to be, like all the other Bonds seem to be pretty self-contained. Like they're just like self-contained movies, self-contained adventures without any real continuation from one movie to the next. Whereas in this iteration of Bond, it really seems like they connect from one to the other. Like there's, you know, the same villains are showing up, the same plot lines are continuing, There seems to be, you know, continuity, you know, some mentions of Bond getting a little older, being kind of war damaged and stuff. And so it's, I just, I never got around to seeing the first one. And so I didn't want to watch any of the other ones. But as as amazing as this trailer looks, as exciting as it is to see Bond in action again, and Daniel Craig looks great, and you're introducing this new double O agent. I mean, it seems pretty, it seems like, like every other trailer I've seen for these recent Bond movies, I, you know, it's, you know, you got the cars, check, you got the women, check, you got the explosions, the crazy stunts, motorcycle, I mean, all this, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a great movie, I'm sure it's going to be well done, but I don't see anything that is going to pull somebody in that's not already kind of a hardcore fan of either Daniel Craig's version or just Bond in general. I mean, what did you think of what you saw? I mean, you've, you've seen them all, haven't you? I have seen them all, and, uh, you know, I like... Daniel Craig's uh, version of Bond, like you said, was kind of more gritty and uh, not, well, still a playboy, but not really, I don't know. I guess the the Bond character still, you know, there's only so many ways you can take it without changing him entirely. So there there is always been a new girl in each one. But like you said, the Craig ones have had more of a continuity than the other ones. And, you know, it's almost like a whole story and there's a thread through all of them, which is different than before they're there they did some stuff i believe previously they weren't all so uh totally one-offs like the criminal agency specter that always shows oh, yeah up. i guess that's and, true uh, yeah although i don't think they had blowfield with a cat or did they have a cat i don't remember in the old ones or the new one no in the new ones i don't i'm not sure if we saw you know the bald head in the chair turn around with a cat <laughs> they're missing out i'm telling you that's a missed opportunity to have totally. that cat but i think you're right in that even though that's different in this time uh, in in this series of bonds, that it still kind of suffers from the what else can they do, right? Some criminal or agency goes rogue, and you know Bond has to contend with this himself, whether he you know saves this or that. And uh, it doesn't mean they're bad movies, but it's the same thing that I have, same problem that I have with the Mission Impossible movies, where Tom Cruise and the Impossible Mission Force. He always some something happens and then they don't trust him. They think he's gone rogue and then you know he's never working as an IMF agent. He's always working around the system, 
to try and save the world. And uh, and they're all cool in their own way in awesome movies, but it's basically the same plot. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think it's it's kind of the same. And these Bond movies also kind of came up in and around the same time as when the Bourne movies were. So there, it's kind of that secret agent is you know rough and tough more than suave and talks his way out of things like previous Bonds kind of were. Mm-hmm. But it looks fantastic, and I think a lot of you can see a lot of the stunts and stuff look practical and. Like there's this one shot where this guy drives a motorcycle like up this huge staircase and oh, over yeah. the wall, and I think I read that that was that was done in real life, which is ridiculous. But yeah, it's another Bond movie. It'll be nice to see how they end Craig's run, and then we'll have years of speculation of who the next Bond will be, and then we'll start all over again. People will be pretty excited, and then that's the first thing they'll move on to is like, well, yeah, sure, this movie's great, but who's the next one? I mean, hell, I think they were doing that. I think once they announced that he might be considering this as his last one, they're just like, well, who's next? It's like, Can, let's let the movie come out first. He's not done yet. I can't wait to see what happens next. Moving from one super spy to another one, let's, uh, this year we're getting finally a solo movie. And we saw a trailer recently for Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson's, the MCU's Black Widow possibly too late to get a... I mean, she's dead, right? And we all know this. The character is dead, and now we're getting her finally a solo movie. It's very bizarre. That's um, what it took to get her a solo film. You kill off the character in the main <laughs> continuity, and there you get your solo film now. It's just a pre Yeah. So I wasn't, like, super excited about it, but the trailer, as they often do, does a good job <laughs> of uh, <laughs> getting you uh, hyped and... Uh, to see what happens so i believe taking place in the middle during the events after civil war and before infinity war um and i'm sure with the healthy dose of flashbacks and stuff like that but what are your thoughts kind of the same boat as you i mean i've always been excited about the prospect of a black widow movie and i i had actually assumed they were going to go further back like i thought it was going to be you know, prior to her meeting with the Avengers and, and, you know, until that was announced that it took place when it did, which is interesting because they can still reference events that have taken place in the MCU, but they're kind of having it both ways. Like, I, I figured when they were going to do a prequel, they'd have to go way back and kind of figure out how she ended up where she was in her early days, you know, find out more about Budapest, all that shit, but, like... <laughs> It's, it seems as though they're kind of having it both ways by kind of dropping this solo film into the middle of the continuity. I mean, who says they can't do that in theory with Iron Man or Captain America? Like, you've got Iron Man 5, which turns out to be taking place between Iron Man 4 and Thor Ragnarok or something. Like, you know, you can take these characters that are dead and then just pepper him throughout the continuity which is a little weird but i mean I'm, I'm excited to get a black widow movie i love scarlett johansson as a character i like you know Mar- marvel as you said does a phenomenal job with their trailers and so you watch it and you're like you know i wasn't interested in this movie until uh, about two and a half minutes ago and i watched this thing <laughs> but i think i mean and i don't even really know like is is david harbour playing he's not a he's not a bad guy is he is he's i think he's a good guy connected to Black Widow somehow. Like I don't even really know who well, like um, who the enemy is in this. I don't really. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I guess it was kind of. A, we're really only looking at a teaser, and so you don't really see who the 
villain of this is, but from what I well, I think they show a little bit um of who the overall villain for this one is a character called the Taskmaster. Um I'm not sure uh, from the trailer how to explain it. Um I only know very little about uh, some of these characters from the comic books. Um but I think that's the overall villain and I think technically, well, I mean, technically back in, you know, before the Avengers, right, Scarlet, uh, Black Widow would have been a Russian spy, right? And all yeah, I guess other... that's true, yeah. So th- these would technically be, well, I mean, villain may be the wrong word, but, you know, maybe to Captain America, I think David Harbour's character of uh, the Red Guardian, if I'm not mistaken, yep, yes, right. um, is like the Russian answer to Captain America at some point in time. So I think that's what kind of he is. Um, he has a shield and everything like that too. So, um, so that's part of it. And then I'm sure we'll get all the, uh, other women from the same program that black widow came from, or perhaps the previous black widow in the case of, uh, Rachel vice, I think maybe they might do something like that, but from what I can tell, (laughs) but I think you're right. I didn't, I don't think they needed a full on origin story, but, I was hoping and expecting maybe a solo Black Widow movie would have taken place before she joined the Avengers. Like, maybe as she's Black Widow, but, you know, like you said, Budapest with Hawkeye, something like that. (laughs) I'd I'd be shocked if they don't reference that in some way, but it would have been nice to have have that in the current timeline of the movie that they present to us, but we'll we'll see what they do. There's a good chance that this movie can incorporate flashbacks in addition to taking place post civil war. So who knows based on the trailers, it seems, you know, I mean, you don't really know. I mean, cause all we've seen is the teaser and then they had the super bowl ad. And so you don't really get a clear idea of everything. So it's, I mean, it still looks like it's on par with the other Marvel movies and I'm going to go see it. I'm telling you now. <laughs> What's interesting is that I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page, known for its 100% accuracy. But um, <laughs> it says How that dare some you of the film line Wikipedia, sir. <laughs> it does say that some of the filming took place in Budapest. <gasps> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, including Norway, Morocco, Georgia, and of course Pinewood Studios in England, but also Budapest. Is there something so... that does not film at Pinewood Studios in England? I feel like everything films in Pinewood Studios in England. Yeah, uh, you know, indie rom-coms, maybe. <laughs> That's we. Sorry, we don't do those here. No, we don't, unless it's a remake or reboot. They don't really do that, though, do they? I'm trying to think. Oh, you I mean, know what we missed talking about the Oscars? Little Women. Little Women is nominated it's true, it's for an adaptation. That's a bunch correct, of stuff. Yeah. Yep. So we've had multiple movies and, and stuff of uh, of that in the past. So that that's, that's in our wheelhouse. You'll be curious to see, uh, you you saw and read about um, Tyler Perry's new studios in, in Atlanta or something like that? No, I actually hadn't, no. So he just opened, like, apparently a huge, the biggest in the U.S., I'm not sure, elsewhere in the world, um, like, studio lot, and it's ginormous, apparently. So I'm curious to see how that, uh, since so many things in the U.S. at least shoot in Georgia already, uh, that'll be interesting. So it's interesting. I'm reading on this. It's a 330 acre lot 
That's on the site of the former Fort McPherson Army Base. So that's interesting that they repurposed that into this massive studio production facility. I guess it's one of the largest in the country, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, 12 sound stages, 200 acres of green space, and a diverse backlot. That is crazy. Hopefully he makes more Medea movies there. <laughs> They'll look awesome. <laughs> What else? Another highly anticipated trailer came out while we were away. People have been talking about it for some time. They've been trying to get this off the ground for even longer. The first trailer, poster, big news footage from Ghostbusters Afterlife. We've learned the film has a subtitle of Afterlife. We saw a lot of footage based on the new characters in the film. Carrie Coon and her family, Paul Rudd is the teacher in town and only just the briefest glimpse from the original cast in the form of a voiceover by Bill Murray as Peter Venkman which I thought was very well utilized Justin your thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's all just it's almost too much Matt I don't it's it's almost too much awesome to contain. Yes, uh, it's just uh, let it fuel you. Like nothing against a few years ago when they tried to reboot it with you know with all those awesome female actresses, and that's not a sarcasm at all. I, I feel like all everyone from that movie is is fantastic in in what they do. Oh, the cast and, and was and the movie itself, the and the movie awesome. itself was was really no problem with it. Just whether it was necessary, I guess I I don't know. I think the problem with it was that it didn't connect enough and now we're getting a actual continuation of you know the characters and the uh and the world of ghostbusters that that so many people have been wanting for for so long for 30 years or so but i I feel very i guess this is to say i feel very different about this than i do about lethal weapon coming back (laughs) (laughs) it sure sounds like it there's a there's a slight difference in your tone that would suggest so (laughs) I mean, you, I know we've, you know, it's it's very high up on my list of movies, but we've done a top 10, and it officially is in your top 10 of movies, the original Ghostbusters, so I, I assume that you are... Oh, it's in my top three. Like, I'm, I'm completely right. losing my mind. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm in the same boat you're in, where I, it's it's too much. Like, I watched, you know, I've, I've heard it was coming out, and I, I think that the previews for a preview are stupid. I think that when you have a... A 10-second ad that's like, tomorrow, Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer comes out. I think it's dumb, but this time I was excited. I was like, oh, look, they, there's a logo. There's a poster. I, And then the trailer came out, and it was perfect. Like, I could not be happier with the trailer. There was just the right amount of nostalgia. That Just the, the voiceover from Peter Venkman gave me chills. I saw the Ecto-1 come flying around the corner, and you hear the siren going with that familiar oh, siren. Yes. And I, I'm like, why, why am I crying? Why am I weeping? <laughs> So I was very excited. I love the way they tied it into the old one. There's just enough mystery. You see Spengler's overalls down in that kind of underground bunker. I mean, it was great. I mean, it was just this, yeah, it was so perfectly well done. And you can tell that Jason Reitman has this familial connection to it. And he's doing it from a place of passion and respect. And it's it was just, yeah, it was, I, I'm so excited. I thought the trailer was exactly what you would need to whet your appetite without giving 
a ton away at all. I mean, you've got little things here and there that you know, little, little you know, just just enough fan service, just enough newness to really make a tremendously successful trailer. I can't. I'm, you know, I was on board with this when they announced it, and I, you know, when they did that like super brief announcement trailer where they just had a camera go into the barn and suddenly you see the tarp blow off and it's the ecto one and you're like wait they're making another one what's happening what did, we didn't yes. even know about this and now this Out i mean nowhere it's... and amazing you yeah. so good and and paul red's edition looks fantastic because apparently paul red can do no wrong don't the only thing and i, I texted and tweeted uh, at you about this is that we haven't heard and you know I, I guess technically he's been retired from uh filmmaking and acting is uh rick moranis it would be fantastic if he had any part of this if he showed up on screen i would like if like he just like turned the corner like i would just walk out of the theater i couldn't handle it's too much i'd walk <laughs> out and have much. to come back and see it for the next showing i couldn't do it couldn't do it yeah but i did re- read something recently that there's the possibility of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know, sequel with him. So if, if he's coming back to acting, like, I believe he's been doing voice acting this whole time or some stuff like that, but he hasn't been in front of the camera. But if he's going to do that, he should, hopefully there's a, a little cameo here. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, for God's sake, pop into Ghostbusters for me, please. Well, I assume his children are at least in their 20s, so... It seems like if he, if he wants to, it would be a nice time to come back and give us all what we want. It's really about us. <laughs> this isn't about you anymore, Rick. Get out there. Do what's right for the culture, for Ghostbusters. Yeah, and I guess he did decline an appearance in in the reboot. So he did offer, but he, yeah. he declined. He said he wasn't interested. And then I guess he said, in, in regards to doing a third one, being Lewis Tully, he said, somebody's associated with called Dan Aykroyd and said, uh, I wouldn't not do it, but it's got to be good. So, you know. Yeah. And he said he's, he was disappointed in the second one. But he said he's curious as to where Lewis Tully is now and just curious. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe. You don't get a full shot, but little glimpses of Slimer flying around and... Uh... What got me actually was the terror dog foot on the car hood. And that's all you see. A little bit of growling, maybe. Oh, fantastic. And there was that little nod to the animated series when you got that little seat pop out of the Ecto 1 at the end with uh, McKenna Grace in it. Can't wait. July. Can't come soon enough. (laughs) God, it's not even that long from now. Oh, my God. Maybe maybe we'll record one or two podcasts before then. (laughs) Or that'll be our next one. Nice call. What else you got? Moving on to a, a very new trailer, actually. What was this? Maybe just last week this dropped? Yeah. Yeah. We're actually current um, for once. Very, very current. We strive for that here at Movies Never Say Die. I guarantee once we hit stop on the record button, something big is going to come out tonight. Oh, yeah. But we got our first actual look, a full trailer for Spiral. I guess they're calling it with a little subtitle, right? Spiral from the Book of Saw, which will be the new movie in the Saw. I don't know if it's a true sequel or whatever, but in the Saw universe, uh, which has, you know, you'll correct me, 20 movies. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, starring Chris Rock with a story also, I believe, by Chris Rock. I mean, I, I feel like I just heard that he wanted to do this like five months ago, and then now we already have a trailer. 
for this new horror film, but it looks it looks good. And like, like I told you, I I have seen exactly one of these movies. The first saw from whatever that was, nineteen ninety four or five. No, not me. It's the only one, one you really need to see. That's the best. <laughs> well, here we go. This, it'll be the ninth uh, installment in the Saw franchise. At least from the movies that I've seen, a totally different character from Chris Rock as, as a a Saw aficionado. Uh, what what did you think when you saw this trailer? Well, I mean, it's certainly surprised me hearing about his interest in revamping or you know resuscitating the saw franchise which had pretty definitively come to a ridiculous close (laughs) with the eighth one i mean i I watched all of them some are better than others some have great scenes or traps and some are god awful from first frame to last but i thought yeah i thought it was weird it was just weird that all of a sudden he was saying i'm interested in revamping this and as a fan of the series, I mean, it certainly retains the tone of the series. It doesn't seem to be any indication of whether or not there's any connection to the original Jigsaw Killer uh, or if it's a copycat. I mean, it's really just kind of all about tone. And I mean, it's it's like you said, it's a very weird movie for him to be involved in. It's much darker. It seems like you're kind of along the lines of Seven and the other Saw movies as opposed to stuff he's usually involved in. But yeah, and then uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in this, which I did not expect either they just you know they've never i don't know i wasn't really sure <laughs> what this was going to be but now we kind of have a basic idea i guess it was supposed to be released this october but it was moved up to avoid competition with halloween kills which is the next in the new okay pantheon of halloween movies but i'm really interested in seeing what he brings to it because i i think the idea that somebody who's not necessarily involved in this genre goes to a company with an idea and it happens that quickly i'm kind of fascinated to see what comes out of this whole collaboration i'm really and then i think you and i talked about that too where i i I had not necessarily thought he was going to star in it but he you know was come up with the story and now he's starring in it and the first trailer comes out and it looks really interesting now again like you said there's eight other movies i don't know necessarily what they can do to add to this story that's new and exciting and relevant and necessary. But yeah, I want to check it out. I'm, I'm excited that it's coming out in May. I want to see what the hell he came up with. What about you as a, as a person who missed the declining series of two through eight? <laughs> yeah. So I can't say that I would have been excited for another song movie, but it seems well, you like you weren't very... excited for the other seven. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> even though I did enjoy the first one. Because it was really uh, good. The first one was really good. I've dragged friends of mine to it. I saw it in the movies, and I'm like, you have to come see this movie. <laughs> and I feel like it, and, you know, you can tell me that the first one kind of started a whole host of horror movies that were in that sort of extreme, violent, and, and gruesome. Like, there was, what, Hostel and a whole bunch of other ones that almost seemed like it just... You know how they say that uh, Die Hard started this kind of version of movies that it's you know Speed was you know Die Hard on the bus. It felt like Saw turned into all <laughs> these other movies cave, where Saw, Saw yeah, right? in Poland or whatever. And I never saw any of those either. So. <laughs> Some are better than others. I really enjoyed the first Hostel because it was twisted and creative and interesting. And then after that, they they were pretty unnecessary. <laughs> but this one, yeah, this one seems like it was fast-tracked as well like you said they began production in may of last year and it's going to be already in theaters in may of this year i mean that's pretty pretty crazy but you know the trailer looked good 
Samuel L. Jackson saying fuck and it's all, it's all. <laughs> I think that should just be in every trailer by the end but at some point by the end it should it sh- he should show up and just drop it that's gotta be in his contracts now like the studio's gotta be <laughs> he even almost got to say it in uh, at the end of uh, Infinity War yep yep in that uh, after credit scene but he got dusted because those are family films Matt Listen, my family is perfectly happy dropping f bombs, <laughs> <laughs> or at least hearing them from Samuel Jackson. That's a whole other thing. That's 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 like great art. It is. Who else could have uh, inspired the children's book "Go the Fuck to Sleep"? <laughs> <laughs> and then read the audio book for it. That's right. Wrap this up tight with a bow, whatever. And last, but certainly not least, this was another trailer that came kind of late to the party. It's come out in the last few days. Ironically, we're switching it up a little bit. Justin introduced a film series that I have more interest and knowledge in than him, and now I'm doing the same. I have not seen a single one of these. I'm talking about Fast and Furious 9, or I mean FF9, Fast 9, Fur- I don't even know. I don't even Just know F9. what they're doing. F9, sure. That's, I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm completely confused. I'm very... Luckily, there's a nine in there, or I wouldn't know how many movies there were. Although they got Hobbs and Shaw in there, so that that it's like ten now. There's ten. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> Apparently, some guy came back from the dead. People are excited about. I don't know what's happening with that. I don't know. Tell me what you think, Justin, because I'm lost and I'm just rambling more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> how can you tell? You son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, as far as the title, to me, that seems somewhat ambiguous. I'm not sure. It's definitely F9. I don't know if they're calling it because underneath. It says the Fast Saga, but that seems kind of odd for name for one movie. <laughs> Very confused. I mean, it's a big movie. It looks like a big movie. It it does. They they certainly have been getting progressively bigger. But yeah, I don't know. I, in my watching of this franchise since the original The Fast and the Furious, uh, <laughs> all those years ago, seems um, quaint now, doesn't it? Seems very it, quaint. Yes. That's funny. It's almost like not car naming the F9, so that kind of fits. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe there you go. But I, I've kind of gone from I've enjoyed it to like it was one of those guilty pleasures. Till you know what? Now I'm just like I'm not guilty anymore. I'm all on board. I've watched everyone. <laughs> I think in the theaters for the last three or four of them. I did actually go watch Hobbs and Shaw. It's in the same universe, but it's not a Fast and Furious like nine, right? So I guess this is Fast and Furious nine. Hobbs and Shaw would be the tenth movie in the Fast and Furious, whatever. I, I that one's kind of weird. That one I could do without the Hobbs and Shaw, but certain things like you teased on uh, this trailer, with filled with the usual vehicles and explosions, and and uh, Dominic Toretto. Apparently, this mechanic from South of Southern California who is turned into, without, as far as I can tell through all the movies, without any actual training, still able to fight <laughs> special forces type people. I don't know. It's all fun, Matt. That's all it is. <laughs> but the trailer, and you did eventually watch the trailer, right? You have a... Yeah, I watched. I made sure to watch okay. it this morning so I'd at least know what was going on. It has a couple of bombs in it. You mentioned one. Uh, I'm going to start with a different one that the character that John Cena plays apparently is Vin Diesel's brother, which as far as I remember, 0% has been mentioned about his having any siblings in 10 damn movies. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of bizarre. And they blew that out in the first trailer for this movie. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. When I, when I, tweet, when I tweeted when the trailer first dropped, that I was super excited and that basically as long as they don't go in, into space, I'm totally on board with all of these movies. That's where they would lose me. Because technically it is, you know, all these street racers and, you know, low-level criminals that turn into this super team that forms these heists and things that special forces can't even control. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about family. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about family, especially considering, like you said, I didn't realize that they never mentioned John Cena at all. No. I, I, I mean, at least like just some kind of cursory thing, like, you know, well, I had a brother once. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, and also, I want to know, while him and Michelle Rodriguez are bouncing all around the world, swinging cars on pieces of old rope bridges, who's watching that child, Justin? Who is babysitting that child? Uh, do not know, but they never... So they never actually killed off Paul Walker's character, right? They gave his character a send-off um, in Fast 7. I'm going to lose track of all the numbers, but his wife in the movies, you know, Vin Diesel's character's sister, Mia, they supposedly you know, with their child, left this life, you know, of of, of uh, explosions and, and, and shooting. So, but Jordana Brewster, Mia is back in this one, so I don't know, maybe maybe Paul Walker's character is just babysitting while they're off doing this and she gets her, her kicks in with the adrenaline. I, don't, I have no idea. How It'd be amazing if they're just like, they're just handing him off and then you never see him and just like, who's watching the kids? He is. Because after the send-off before, it would kind of suck for them to kill him off-screen. <laughs> yeah. But the other big reveal, as you said, is they brought someone back from the dead. <laughs> uh. Han, and uh, if that's what you were curious about, the Justice for Han hashtag, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so he, Sung Kang, the actor, his character, Han, was supposedly killed by Jason Statham's character in one of the previous movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love you trying to figure out exactly which one. I think at the beginning of seven, actually. So at the end of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which actually was the second movie made or third, but is sixth in the the movie chronology. They had to do all this retconning because they tried to bring people back. And so his character was supposedly killed by Jason Statham's character. And that's what set off the events of Fast and Furious 7. Okay. And apparently they've turned Jason Statham's character and Hobbs' character, uh, you know, The Rock's character, they get their own spinoff, so he's kind of give, been given a redemption story. And so people were saying, but, so you're all buddy-buddy now, but even though you killed one of their, one of their team members? And so uh, apparently he didn't kill him, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they worked into that, because... They definitely gave him a burial. <laughs> that body was in the ground. Vin Diesel's character, he went to Japan to supposedly to get Han's body and bring him back to bury him. So, <laughs> so if he's pretty... alive, then then maybe Vin Diesel's character was in on it? I don't know. It's all that sounds, crazy. That sounds very definitive. And I love it all. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. That's fine. I've got movies that make no sense. I love them too. And now I'm hearing that so there were, they wanted to end it with Fast and Furious 10. So this one isn't even the last one, Matt. You, you have a lot to catch up on. Oh my god, that's a hell of, <laughs> that's a hell of a weekend. 
But now Vin Diesel apparently wants to do the uh, the Harry Potter uh, whatever thing and make the tenth one a two parter. <laughs> Doesn't that just become two movies and that's eleven now? You can't make the ugh, ugh. Don't know, man. <laughs> Damn it, Vin Diesel! Just make two more movies. I don't understand. <laughs> so it'll happen. I mean, the whole thing with Harry Potter was it was one book. They were splitting into two to tell the whole story because it was big, but. For Fast and the Furious, I mean, it's not based on source material. God damn it, Vin Diesel. Just make two more movies. <laughs> if they can Justin. stretch it out and make more money, I don't know. I mean, didn't they make The Hobbit into three movies and that was the shortest book of the whole... <laughs> oh my god, I never watched it. I saw the Lord of the Rings and then I heard about The Hobbit and I was like, no, I'm all set. I love Lord yeah. of the Rings. I thought it was great, but I couldn't do seven more hours of Hobbit. When, like you said, it was the shortest damn book of the whole thing. <laughs> we need so much yeah, more money. I didn't see money. The Hobbit ones either. After this, there are no more books. How am I supposed to make more movies? What are we going to do? <laughs> I think he's got some appendixes we can turn into films. As you wish. All right, that brings us to our final segment, the reboot wish list, where we talk about ideas for reboots, sequels, reimaginings that we're interested in seeing ourselves. Justin. What do you have on your reboot wish list this episode? I've been better at this. I've been keeping a list of ideas. I've been trying to so I don't duplicate anything. And it's actually the last one on my list here, but I'm going to move it up to this episode because of recent events. The uh, the death of Kirk Douglas we, uh, that happened just you know a few days ago. Um, you know, obviously a huge figure in the, the movie industry. So I'm going to go this week. It's been here on my list for a while for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, cool. And amazing story, amazing book, obviously. Um, I don't think more than one movie has been made as possible, but the classic Disney one with Kirk Douglas. It's just, it's just an awesome story, and I think they could do amazing things with it, not just, uh, you know, visually with effects or anything like that, but it's, it's time. It's time for something like that. Maybe we can get a Jules Verne movie universe. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the JVU. <laughs> But that's it. That's, that's that's what I got today. I'd be pretty cool with that. I, I mean, I think it was a very long time ago. I, I'm pretty much the same thoughts that you have. I mean, it's we got the source material, which is the book. I'm sure they couldn't include everything in the film that they did with Kirk Douglas from the book, and you know, maybe tweak it a little bit based, you know, if you whether or not you want to set it in modern times or whatever. So yeah, I definitely I'd go watch Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, 2020. <laughs> 20,020 leagues under the sea. Oh my god, so many leagues. <laughs> so I will cross that off my, my list and hopefully never mention it again, but uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what are you wishing for? I didn't tie this into anything recently. I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. Uh, I want to see a reboot or remake or sequel to Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. That's what I've been thinking about. Whether you take... Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman and have them find another dead body, whether you dig up Bernie and it's a bunch of bones, whether you have three entirely new actors. I think it was a... I mean, the second one was awful. It was so bad. It was such a yes. stupid, terrible, dumb movie. But the first one was a really funny, random, bizarre 80s movie that I really enjoyed the hell out of. And I think that... I mean, I don't even think you could really do anything new with it. I just like the idea of two guys dragging a dead body around and being hilarious. I was also watching... <laughs> 
Men at Work, which is another, I guess, was that maybe 90, maybe early 90s movie, which is, again, two guys dragging a dead body around. And I just, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so weird and so bizarre. And I think that there's a lot of good actors out there that have some physical comedy chops that could really do some great stuff with two guys trying to hide a dead body for a weekend. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, that's it. Weekend at Bernie's, man. That's what I want to say. It sounds to me that you'd be all on board for a comedy about two guys dragging a dead body <laughs> in any form. <laughs> any any way, shape, or form, dead bodies, two guys. It's got to be a two guys. I mean, you know what? I'm inclusive. It could be two women. It could be one woman, one guy. It could be whatever genders that you want to mix up. That's fine. I just like two people carrying around a dead body that's also a person. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's also a person. <laughs> it's got to be a person. Can't just be a dog or something. That'd be cruel and sad. But people. Oh, dead people. Hilarious. That's... that's... <laughs> uh, Listen, you know how movies go. And in Independence Day, you saw thousands of people killed, and we were most concerned about the dog. This is true. The dog did not die, though. Spoiler alert. For half a second, I was going to leave that theater, but no. I stayed to watch all the other people die. <laughs> I stayed because I thought all the people were going to die. Yes! Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely... Well, I'd definitely be interested in the <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. What, what actually... I, I remember disliking it, but what happened in the sequel? Oh, it was like the it was like the voodoo thing where they they went to a voodoo right, right, person right. and she, I think one of them maybe got cursed. I can't remember which one of them got cursed. I think uh, I don't know who it was. So I think one of them got cursed, and then there was a voodoo spell that brought Bernie back to life so he could go into the ocean to find a treasure chest. It was so bad, and he's like dancing like you have to play music, and whenever yes, yes. the music play, it was so bad, it was so awful. <laughs> Oh, it's all coming back now. You block uh, that out because it's a good idea to block that out. It was such exactly. a terrible idea. Oh. Oh. oh my god! Yeah. So oh, so it, so the original was eighty nine. The sequel is ninety three. So they gave it a couple years. Yeah, but I'd be on board. You know the uh, the the actor uh, Terry Kaiser. He's still around. Is he? Yes. All right. He could be Bernie. I mean, I guess you don't age when you're dead, but. They can de-age him. They can do some Irishman stuff, the Irishman stuff for him. Can you imagine they went to that much trouble to de-age Terry Kaiser to make a new weekend of Bernie's? I would love that even more, actually. Just for them to go through the trouble would be worth it. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the so the first one. What do you say? In 89. Yeah, yeah. Cost, cost $15 million and only made 30 Oh my god, they made a second one? I feel like they did pretty good for that, considering the cultural, pop cultural <laughs> impact that it seemed to have at the time. I guess, yeah. And and the second one, they only gave him like half the budget, like $7 million, and it only made a little bit less than 13 <laughs> <laughs> So I found an article, there's this website called Nathan Rabin's Happy Place, it's like a blog, and so his his description is, the 1989 dark comedy Weekend of Bernie's was a sizable box office hit whose success says terrible things about the intelligence and judgment of the movie going public. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I'm just uh, <laughs> looking through some of this stuff. So there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother called Weekend at Barney's where they kind of did some similar things, I think, about uh, trying to reenact the plot of the film. I don't quite remember that episode. Um, Neither do I, and I watched all of them. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, in Friends season four, it's revealed that that's Rachel's favorite movie. <laughs> not my favorite movie but you know it's a lot of fun uh, it i'm not gonna admit to fun. clicking stop on this podcast and then going to try and find it somewhere to watch it i certainly won't admit that uh nor will i so i'm doing the exact same thing where is it streaming damn it amazon so yeah that's it that's the one now i'm down i'm totally down now damn it it's on prime but you gotta buy it what kind of joke is that it always it always gets me when movies like this like are not on some streaming like you know not for pay like free free on some streaming service it doesn't make sense who's who in 2020 except for maybe you and me are going to pay <laughs> even a couple bucks to watch weekend at bernie's when you're already paying for the you know prime service i agree wholeheartedly it's like this movie's from the it happens all the time. Any movie from the eighties and or seventies, I'm trying to like, who who wants to pay for that? Just figure out the licensing and put it put it on your service. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it's only. What did you see right here on Google? It only says it's for sale on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's that you can't rent it. It's just for sale, sixteen bucks. My God. <laughs> My God, man. <laughs> but if I go on eBay, I could find it on VHS for a buck. <laughs> This I do miss being able to go to a reboot wish list. <laughs> Back in the old days, you used to be able to go to, you know, whatever, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video and find movies like this for $1.99 in their previously viewed bins. You're damn right. Okay, I found one for a buck. Here we go, 99 cents. And then I found one for two forty nine. dollars Some chumpin' selling it 15 bucks. Oh, this is the sequel. They're selling the second one for $15. Jesus. I mean, hey, if Amazon is just uh, just selling you the ability to watch the digital media for sixteen bucks, I'd pay sixteen I, bucks for an VHS. I need the I need the physical media. I need to hold it in my hand. <laughs> it's the only way you know you'll own it forever. It happens all the time when when you know streaming services and whatever they go out of business, and then all the shit you paid for is you know no longer. They they basically take it from your machine or your oh yeah, your it just disappears. Yeah, nope can't take it if it's on my bookshelf what if you open the door one day and it's like two guys with disney plus jackets and they're like we need to take the lion king <laughs> oh you didn't read the fine print when you signed up for the service now that you're canceling it we're coming and taking your yeah. old vhs copies from 1998 oh, that'd be creepy because those things are worth money now have you seen sometimes it comes oh, yeah. out like original vhs of disney classics can be yeah little mermaid was big for a while yeah they're coming for them. God damn it. Yeah, they come for them and they sell them on eBay and make money off them again. <laughs> Alright, that'll do it for this long overdue episode of Movies Never Say Die. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Even though it's been three or four months since the one that's been posted, but uh, we'd still appreciate that. Uh, we'd also love it if you take a moment to leave us a review on whichever your preferred podcasting app may be. It helps us reach new listeners. And if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason, 
We'd love feedback, so, you know, maybe a suggestion for a movie reboot, sequel, or franchise for us to take a look at, or maybe a, a wishlist uh, idea. You can email us at moviesneversaydie at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at moviesneversaydie. And as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at moviesnvrsaydie. I'm Justin St. Ange. And I'm Matthew Grant. Thanks for listening. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman Ing. I never had to say I'm Batman. I showed up. People knew I was Batman. You like movies? Hundreds of movies. 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 Never say die!